What is up, everybody? My name is Matt Cordova. I'm the senior pastor here at The River, and we are excited that you are listening to our podcast. Now, before the message starts, there's three things that we would love for you to do. One, we would love for you to share it. Two, we would love for you to subscribe. And three, we would love for you to go and rate it. So the message is about to begin. I hope it encourages you, and I hope that you know that God has a plan for your life. our relationship series anybody has have y'all enjoyed have, has anybody learned anything like you feel like the holy spirit's been talking to you good right i'm getting some head nods out there here's what the reason that we're doing this is we want to grow in relationships and the best way to do it is god's way not google's not anybody else's god tells us how to have relationships and how to do it his way there's a, a quote i love it's by pastor jimmy evans and he says you have a hundred percent chance success at marriage if you do it god's way right and and we believe that and here's here's something that i would i would add to this is we don't believe that this is just a series for for married people uh we believe that if you're if you're single you can learn the tools that you're going to need for one day when you meet that special somebody. You know what I mean? If you're engaged, you can actually start practicing some of the tools that we've talked about. And if you are married, maybe it's a time for us to refresh, take a step back and say, man, maybe we've kind of gotten lackadaisical in some of these areas, right? So there's something for everybody, no matter what season that you're in. So let's uh, just a brief overview. Week one, we talked about the focus of relationships. The focus of relation. What is the focus? It's unity with my spouse and God to accomplish what God has created us to do. Right. When you look at Genesis, that's what you see. Unity between Adam and Eve. And then they are unified with God. And they're supposed to be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth to accomplish what God's created them to do. Week two, we talked about the order of relationships. And here's kind of what we came to. When things are out of order, things get really bad. Right. When we get things out of order, we kind of invite chaos into where we are. So we're going to have another conversation today. If you've got a Bible, open it up to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. If you can't tell, Ephesians is one of my favorite books. We were there last week. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. While you're turning there, remember Paul is writing to a diverse church. Um, there's a split between Gentile Christians and there's a split between them and the Jewish Christians. And this is kind of what sums it up is he's telling them, listen, this is the revelation that I've had is that the finished work of the cross made us one family. So it doesn't matter if you're Gentile or if you're Jewish, as long as Jesus is on your heart, it makes us one family. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist, charismatic, Methodist or whatever, as long as Jesus is on your heart, it makes us what? One family, uh, listen, the church needs to read the book of Ephesians, like for real. The church needs to read the book of Ephesians. Then chapters four through six, he just gets real practical. We're going to look at one verse today. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. This is him talking about how to live out this new life because the spirit of God is inside of us. He says, no foul language should come from your mouth. No, 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 whoa. No, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who... Y'all know that's in the Bible? No foul language. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about communication in relationships. Communication in relationships. Everybody turn to, to, to somebody and say, we need to talk. We need to talk. Let's pray. 
Anybody get nervous? Like when you hear we need to talk, it's like, Ugh. sometimes we need to talk is like we need to celebrate with each other. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, girl, listen, we need to talk. What you did was awesome. You know what I mean? Just like for real. You're like just get after it. You know what I mean? So let's pray. So dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much. God, we thank you that, you, that, you, uh, that you're with us. And God, that you, that you are the one that or- orchestrated marriage, but you also give us the tools to walk it out. God, speak to us today. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Communication is a vital part of relationships. Would y'all agree? If you're married, everybody's like, mm-hmm, yeah. You know what I think so hard? Like, uh, so you guys know us. We have Bradley, who, who's, uh, I call him a tornado with a mouth. Basically, is the way that I describe my son. He's going to talk a whole lot and destroy everything, and then there's kind of a cleanup that follows afterwards. He's, it's a whole lot of fun. And then we have another kid named Juju, or Julius for sure. Sh- Juju's for short, Julius... You know what I mean? And, and I, here's why I struggle with Julius. Me and him don't speak the same language. You know what I mean, if you got a baby, you know what it's, I think the hardest part about having a baby is they know one thing, and it's like scream. And as parents, like, you're like, what does this scream mean? You know what I mean? So maybe you go through a checklist, like, okay, are they hungry? Do they have a bad diaper? Do they want something that I have? Like, I I wish like there was like a, you know, there was something that we could teach him to like point at and be like, oh, that's what I want. You know, now he he said dada last week. I'm super pumped. And then he said Bubba the other day. Uh, I was at first he was just saying ha, which I was like, oh, yeah, that's Spanish for dada. You know, what I mean, like real cool, you know, uh, but we're getting to that place. But because, like, because there's not a common language between me and Julius, it's hard for me to understand what's going on, right? And I think sometimes that's what it's like in marriage. Like, sometimes we don't speak the same language. You're like, well, we both talk English. Yeah, but it doesn't always mean the same thing, right? Communication is really important. Like, think about it. Uh, if we communicate well, we can actually tell each other how we're feeling. Guys, like, I don't have feelings. Whatever. I ain't buying it. Like we can tell each other how we're feeling, what's going on in our mind. If we communicate well, we can actually set goals and then put things in place to go accomplish those goals. If we communicate well, we can share really why we're frustrated and learning how to navigate that. So um, I, I love if, I love all things leadership. I love studying leadership. I like looking at leadership. Um, and to be completely honest with you, I love reading secular leadership books. Because there's a lot of leaders in the secular world that are implementing kingdom principles that if we would look at them, we could actually see what helps us move on. The the secular world is doing a lot of, there's a bunch of them that are, uh, that are actually doing God's blessed, like God things. And I think that's why God's got his hand on their thing. You know what I mean? And he's going to point them to them one day. But here's what I want to do. I read an article about poor communication in, in the workplace and, and we're going to be a little interactive. Can everybody raise your hand? If your right one hurts, just use the other one, okay? We got two. God blessed you with multiple, right? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read um, just so, some of the effects of poor communication in the workplace. If you think that it translates into marriage, I want you to raise your hand, okay? Okay? So uh, one of the first things when it comes to poor communication in the workplace is poor communication leads to stress in the workplace. If we were to say, yeah, <laughs> stress in the home. Okay, lots of hands going up. Uh, Poor communication in the workplace leads to unmet needs and expectations. Mm Mm-hmm, yup. 
Poor communication leads to arguments. Oh, yeah, everybody's hands going up. <laughs> uh, poor communication leads to low morale or how people carry themselves. Okay, one more. Poor communication leads to physical and mental health issues. This would be like anxiety, depression, those guys. Okay, okay. So that's my entire list. Some of y'all, you should have just left your hand up the whole time. It would have been a shoulder exercise. You know what I mean? Like, but for, for many of us, what we realize is that if we have poor communication in our workplace, we kind of see the effects, and it translates over into our marriage. If we have poor communication in our marriage, um, it, it leads to the same thing. So I think it's fair for us to realize how important communication is in our relationships. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. If you talk to some people, they would say that finances is like the number one cause of divorce. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say it's communication. Yeah. People get divorced or struggle with it because either they don't know how to communicate or they don't communicate. So here's kind of my goal for today. We're going to talk about two areas of communication that we can grow in, that we need to grow in. And then at the end of the kind of the message, I'm going to give you four things to put into practice today. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, today. Turn to your other neighbor and say, are you listening? And say, <laughs> make sure you communicate well. All right. All right. First thing, first area um, that we can grow in communication is learning to speak your spouse's love language. Learn to speak your spouse's... Anybody familiar with the five love languages? Has anybody heard about that? There's a bunch of us. Okay, there's a bunch of hands that aren't up. This is great. Um, this is the truth. This is very true about everybody. Each and every one of us feel love in a very different way, right? A lot of times it's, it's just kind of dependent on your personality. It could be dependent on your experiences, how you grew up. But a lot of us feel love in a very different way. And where we get in trouble is when we try to communicate love to somebody else, we do it in our language, right? We do, I, I was, there's a pastor I used to listen to all the time. His name is uh, Ron Carpenter. And Ron Carpenter loved, I mean, he's a traveling guy. He's kind of one of those celebrity pastors, gets to go speak at conferences all the time. And he's got a fascination with airport hot dogs, Loves airport hot dogs. And he was telling this story one time that he went to go order this airport hot dog. I think he was in Florida. And the person running the register didn't speak English. So he's like, hey, can I have two airport hot dogs? They're like, hey. And he's like, two. I, I, I don't know what it is, but when we think somebody doesn't understand what we're saying, we talk louder and slower. Can I get two airport hot dogs and then like like you don't understand no comprende that's all the spanish i know you're welcome um like so then he gets into this and then all of a sudden he starts yelling because he's like i, I want these hot dogs you're not understanding and his wife stopped him and she goes listen it's not that she doesn't hear you you don't speak the same language you're not speaking the same language when it comes to communicating love, it's not that sometimes that your spouse isn't seeing that you're trying to communicate love. It's just the way that you experience love may not be the way that they do. So we may not be speaking their language. Listen, this is something we have to understand. Remember week one, we talked about the focus is about being unified, right? And the, one of the things that bring, makes separation between us is selfishness. Your communication has to be selfless. 
Like selfishness goes all the way down into communication. If your communication is selfish, you'll bring division between you and your spouse. It is so true. So here's what I want to do. I want to go over the five love languages and kind of explain them to you briefly. And then uh, I'm going to tell you how they could work against you by using a personal story. Right. So the first, <laughs> yeah, got plenty of those. All right. Um, here's what I, we'll make this interactive. If, the, if when we get to your love language, if that's you, raise your hand. Make sure your spouse is looking. Say, hey, right here. Okay. Um, first one, physical touch, Alexis. <laughs> Just, no. <laughs> Physical touch, right? Physical touch. Physical touch is a love language. Some, uh, this is what I've come to see is most guys, this is their love language. Physical touch doesn't always mean sexual touching. Physical touch is like holding hands, uh, cuddling on the couch, putting your arm around them. Um, one thing to understand is people that have physical touch as their love language, when their touch meter gets low, that's when they get anxious and agitated. Right. So if your spouse is physical touch and they're getting anxious and agitated, I would ask you that when is the last time you maybe held their hand? You know, what I mean, or, or just put your hand on their shoulder and say, mm, good job. Uh, that's words of affirmation. Actually, let's go to the next one. Words of affirmation. Anybody? Well, that's me, too. OK, words of affirmation like it's uh, Alexis after Sunday will put her hand on my shoulder and say, babe, good job. <laughs> physical touch, words of affirmation. You did great. Mm, and that's it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, words of affirmation. These people need life spoken into them. Now think about this. If, you're, if your spouses or your special person, it, their love language is words of affirmation, but all you do is speak death to them, what are you actually doing? You're not building them up. You're, you're actually taking them away from love by speaking the opposite. Uh, I, would, I would communicate this too, is oftentimes silence goes against words of affirmation. When, we don't, when you don't talk to us at all, it's not building up into us. It's just not doing anything for us. Does that make sense? So if your spouse or somebody has words of affirmation, they need to know this. They need to know, do you believe in me? Do you believe in me? Do you believe in what I'm doing? If I mess up, do you still believe in me? You know what I mean? Let's go to the next one. The next one, acts of service. Any acts of service, people? Okay, there we go. We got some acts. I see you, babe. I see you. Right. <laughs> Acts of service. All right, here's, here's um, the best way that I can explain acts of service is these people feel love not when you do something for them, but when you do something that is important to them for them. Right? It's got to be something like that they value. Like if I go, uh, well, like uh, if, if Alexis is stressed, she's got a really, like had a busy, busy, big crazy day, and then like I go and I knock out all the kids' stuff, in the morning so she doesn't have to worry about it. That's something important to her, right? And that's the question that, that somebody with acts of service is, is like through your actions, am I important to you? That's the question that they want to know. Am I important to you? Quality time. Where are my quality time people at? Okay, there we go. Quality. I see some hands. Quality time. This is a good one. These people feel loved when you're with them, not just mentally or not just physically, but mentally. Like they want to know that you're with them alongside them. Uh, we were doing counseling one time with a couple and uh, she, her love language was quality time. And um, they, they kind of got into this little struggle a little bit because they would go out for a walk. They'd walk the dog and they'd go out to the park and the whole time, like they would be on their phone, like looking up the next cool, like video game. And he's like, I was there with you. It's like, but you weren't there. You know what I mean? Here's, here's a, the question that quality time 
people need answered in their life is, am I interesting? Am I interesting? Like, are you, am I, are you, are you willing to be interested in the things that I'm in? Listen, if your wife or, or husband is quality time and they have a boring TV show, just sit there and smile. You know what I mean? Like binge watch that bad boy and just smile with them. Let them know that they're interesting. Like for real, like let them know, like be there mentally and physically. Here's a good tool. If your spouse or somebody is quality time, put your phone up. Put your phone up. Turn your Apple watch off. It's so funny because we can have our phone away and still get notifications. You know what I mean? I wasn't on my phone. No, but you were staring at your other screen for about 72 hours. You know what I mean? People that have quality time, they, they want to know, are they interesting? The last one is gifts. Where's my, I, yeah, I knew that hand was shooting up. <laughs> it's like, Lord, you gave her the most expensive one. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, it's not. I'm, I need a shovel, please. Um, gifts. This is, this is, I mean, this one kind of is self-explanatory. It's when you give a gift, it shows that you're thinking about them, right? They feel love when you give them a gift. Here's the biggest question though. It's not, it's not the price tag on the gift that matters. It's uh, like when you buy them a gift, they want to know is like, do you know me? Do you know me? So like, for example, using Alexis, um, Alexis loves workout clothes. She like anything workout, like workout tights, workout tops, workout shoes, like anything that she can get swollen. She's all about, you know what I mean? So if I go and buy her like a video game, uh, yeah, you're like, but it was a gift. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't like speak to her likes or interests at all. Does that make sense? So if you're special, somebody, their love language is gifts. They want to know is, do you know me? Do you know me? Now, let me show you where you can get yourself in trouble. Um, my, my top two love, language, love languages are touch and words of affirmation, right? When, when we hold hands, all that other stuff, like it matters to me. I'm like, babe, I, I know you love me. You know what I mean? My wife scored a zero on physical touch. Maybe negative one. Like that's how much she does it. So listen, if I communicate my love language to her, I'm going to drive her nuts. You know, it's happened, like for real. You know what I mean? Like if I'm always like trying to cuddle up on her and hold her hand, like she needs you like, bro, I need my space. Like get up off me. You know what I mean? Like can you see like where that can get, where that becomes a problem? When it comes to your love language, this is what I would tell you to do is the best way to communicate that you love your spouse is to speak their language, not yours. The best way to communicate that you love your spouse is to communicate their language, not yours. That, in, that, that means that you need to get to know your spouse. That means that you need to like find out. Like ask, but isn't that what like marriage is about anyways? Is us growing together? Right? It's not just going through life like kind of, you know, doing whatever, like becoming roommates in the long run. There's too much of that that's happening in, anyways. Like, it's getting to know, like, learn more about my spouse every day. You know what I mean? Think about it. Like, last week, the, the Bible compared our relationship with our spouses to our relationship with God. He said, this is the mystery. I'm talking about Christ and the church. How many of us are like, God, I want to know you in a new way? Okay, when's the, when have you had that same mentality about your spouse? Man, I want to learn something new about you today. Is it possible that we struggle because we give up on learning about our spouse? 
Is it possible that we struggle because we assume that we know everything about our spouse? Man, I'm just going to tell you, you probably don't. You probably don't. So learn about them. Ask questions. Figure out what they love. Learn their love language so that you can speak their language to them. And trust that they're going to learn yours and speak your love language to you. Okay? Next thing. So that's learn to speak your spouse's love language. Another area that we can get better is in fighting fair. Fighting, fighting, ooh, fighting fair. Turn your neighbor and say, it's got to be fair. It's got to be fair. I'm going to tell you the truth. If you're in a relationship, you're going to get in disagreements. If you're in a relationship, you're going to get in arguments. It's going to happen. In fact, I would, I would tell you this. Don't take marriage advice from somebody that's never been in a fight. Because I think this, this is just kind of what I've learned most of the time. If, if somebody's never been in a fight, one, there's no experience, so there's no wisdom to, to be received there. Two, the reason they haven't been in a fight is because they're hiding it from each other. They're hiding their frustrations. They're hiding their struggles. And they're not navigating together. Eventually, you know, we, call, we use the term sweep it under the rug. Right? Eventually, you're going to stub your toe on everything that's under the rug because the rug's going to build up. Does that make sense? You're going to get in arguments. So when it, when, it comes to like, when it comes to fighting fair, one thing that we need to do is learn how to navigate these conversations without hurting our partner. You know what I mean? This is the truth. When you get into an argument, both of you want the same result. Both of you want resolve. The only thing is you see the path to the answer very differently. Right? And that's where we argue. And you, the reason you see the path differently is because this is how you grew up and this is how they grew up. Your, your experiences, your households, the, the way that life happened for you, like a lot of us, that's how we view marriage. It's through the lens of what we saw. So the path looks different because of your experiences. The beauty of marriage is we got to figure out how to make those paths come, become one. Right? This is why a man leaves his father and mother and will be joined to his wife and the two will become what? One. Again, the focus. Unity with each other and God. Moving in to accomplish what God called us to do. So let's look at today's text. Ephesians 4.29. What is he talking about? These are people that are filled with the Spirit. In fact, if you like to look at the subtitles in your Bible, it's called living the new life. If, oh, man, Listen. If you've said yes to Jesus, you can't stay stuck in the old ways. Why? Because the Bible said I died to them. I died to them. How can we profess to, man, we celebrate it. Yeah, the old is gone and the new has come, but I'm going to keep doing the things, the same things that, that I did when I was the old person. You mean at some point in our life, we've got to say, no, 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 I'm a new creation. And when we get to that point, you give yourself permission to say, I'm not what I was. Right? I'm not what I was. Listen, if you've said yes to Jesus, you are not what you used to be. It's dead. It's gone. It's buried. It's in the grave. Don't resurrect it. Don't pull it back up. It's time for us to walk in the new life. So what does that look like? Well, he tells us when it comes to how we speak, no foul language should come from your mouth. Oh, He's talking about people filled with the spirit. I heard a pastor say one time, Jesus actually said it. He said, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. This 
tells on this. Your mouth tells on your heart. Not just the words that you use, the tone that you use. Your mouth tells on your heart. The, the word for, uh, for foul language, let me tell you some of the definitions that it can be translated as. No decayed language. No rotten language. No worthless language. Remember, he's telling, talking to them, this, this, this diverse group of believers, that this is how we're called to live. You know what I mean? So like, think about it. When it comes to fighting, even in our frustration and our anger, we're not supposed to let worthless or rotten words come out of our mouth. We're not. In fact, he'll expand a couple verses later. Look at verse 31. Let all bitterness, this is people with the Spirit, people with the Spirit. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting. Anybody, anybody ever yelled in an argument before? Yeah, it happens. Oh, listen, my hand was up. I wasn't, I wasn't raising my hand to tell you to raise yours. I was raising it because I've elevated my voice before. We're in the same boat. Shouting, slander. Anybody ever talk bad about your spouse when they weren't around because of the argument you had? That's slander. Along with all malice. He's like, get rid of all of this stuff. Get rid of it. It's not supposed to be a part of who you are. Your words are actually supposed to build people up. They're supposed to build people. So even in our arguments, like the way that we navigate hard conversations, we can still have a hard conversation and build each other up. You can, you and your spouse could be facing each other kind of button heads and not tear each other down. It's absolutely true. You can do it. Here's what I've come to realize. Most fights come from one of two things. One is unrealistic expectations. These are about to pop up. Most fights come from one of two things. One is unrealistic expectations. The second is uncommunicated expectations. At most of the fights, the counseling that we get to have with people is we talk about these two things when it comes to like having, like moving forward, right? Here, let me give you an example of an unrealistic expectation. Uh, my dad is awesome. He's great. My dad could do anything. Like I've seen my dad. My dad built a doghouse. Like my dog was living bougie. Like it had insulation. It had lights. Like it was, he, but he never stayed in it. Like he didn't know how good it was. But my dad, like he could build dog houses. Man, I've seen him do some crazy stuff like laying tile. My dad, like he's, uh, just, let me put it this way. My dad built a three, basically built a three car garage at my parents' house from the ground up. While I played video games. It was awesome. You know what I mean? Just like. But so my dad, like, is super skilled with tools. Y'all already know how I am about that. I have an electronic toothbrush. That's about as good as it gets, people. My father-in-law, um, he, you know, he, when he was kind of, when Alexis was growing up, he taught her, like, hey, this is how you change your own oil. He also did remodel stuff at their house as well. So imagine this. If Alexis grows up and she sees that her stepdad has can do remodels and changes his own oil. And then we kind of, she gets to know me and my family. And she's like, oh, well, Filbert, he, uh, he built a three-car garage. He lays tile. He destroys stuff and rebuilds it better back than it was. My husband should be able to do that. That is an unrealistic expectation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, think about it. I, I, I have a drill. I just know that it works with screws and stuff like that. And I don't, I, I don't change my own oil. I pay for it. Hello, supporting jobs. All right. That's what I'm about. 
But can you see where an unrealistic expectation based on what I've seen and what I've heard can be trans, uh, can kind of be pushed on to our spouses? You know what I mean? When you think about your relationships, do you have very realistic expectations? You want me to tell you the easiest way to have an unrealistic expectation for your spouse is if you don't know them. If you don't know their giftings, and if you don't know what God's called them to be, you can transpose what you believe about them instead of what God says about them and created them to do. Again, learn about your spouse. Uh, Uncommunicated expectations. Let's go to this one. Anybody... Um, does, does, does your partner have annoying habits? Annoying habits, anybody? Oh, now y'all don't want to raise your hand when it comes to <laughs> ratting them out. Me and Alexis, we're certified through this program called Symbis, and it's like it's called Save Your Marriage Before It Starts. So w- what it's good for is uh, we use it for premarital counseling, and then, uh, you know, if you've been married within kind of five years, it's a really good refresher to go through and, and kind of work through. So we get certified, and we get one free test. I was like, babe, we're going to take this test. Well, five years into the marriage, I just found out that I have annoying habits. It's crazy. I didn't even know. Like five years, I thought I was perfect, was killing it. No. See, see, this is where uncommunicated expectations happen. You know what I mean? For some, you know, your, your partner's annoying habit, maybe they don't clean off the dishes. Maybe they leave their underwear on the floor. Maybe um, they, they don't pick up after themselves. You know what I mean? It doesn't, doesn't matter what it is. But for many of us, there's something that our, our partner does that just drives us crazy crazy, right? That, that it just makes us mad, right? I, I can see on some of your faces, you're like, yep. Are you listening, honey? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, here's what I would tell you, is if you never tell them about it, it's no longer their fault, it's yours. If there's something that your partner does that drives you crazy and you're unwilling to tell them about it, then you're the only reason that you're getting mad. Because let's be honest, you didn't marry your spouse on their ability to finish each other's sandwiches. I mean, sentences. (laughs) If you have Disney Plus, you know that's a Frozen reference. (laughs) Right? You didn't. You didn't marry each other on your ability to read each other's mind. So why would you expect that from them? Well, I'm mad. They should just know. No. You're mad because you won't tell them. And the reason you won't tell them is actually pride. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of selfishness inside of us. You know what I mean? So here, when it comes to fighting fair, um, just some things that we need to think about. Our needs still have to be met. Men, when it comes to fighting fair with your spouse, she still needs security. She needs security. She still needs to know. We may disagree, but listen, it doesn't matter if we disagree. I'm still with you. She doesn't need you to talk down to her. Because when you feel, make her feel less than, remember, you're supposed to present her to yourself as like spotless without wrinkle, is what the Bible says in Ephesians. If you talk down to her, you don't do that. You rob her of that security. Women, men need honor and respect. When you're in an argument, you can still be honorable and respectful. Here's what I've learned when it comes to men, is a lot of times when women elevate their voice, they feel disrespected. You know what I mean? And, and quite honestly, if we've got to yell at each other, we're, if we're at that point that we're yelling at each other, we're probably not making progress anyways, if we're going to be completely honest. So what does that mean? Call a timeout. If the argument's getting bad, listen, there's, there's some wisdom in this, is if in, the, if, if in the argument we're no longer making progress, but we're hurting each other, stop. Call a timeout. Somebody have the wisdom to say, listen, I love you. 
we're just hurting each other. Let's take a break. Let's breathe a little bit and let's have a conversation after we've calmed down. Right? If security's out the window and honor and respect are out the window, it's okay to, to stop. What happens a lot of times is in an argument, the reason we don't stop is we're trying to get the last word in. We want to be heard. Sometimes you're too mad to hear anything that's being said anyways. That happens to all of us. Sometimes we get so frustrated, it doesn't matter what the other person says. It could be absolutely 100% right. But we're too mad to hear people. I've done it. Be real. Right? Here's another good practice. This is probably one of the best ones. Um, Say I'm sorry and mean it. Say I'm sorry. Listen, if you can't apologize to your spouse, you have a bigger problem. If you can't say I'm sorry to the person that you're the closest to, that's a problem. It's pride. It's selfishness. You mean, if you're wrong, own up to it. Say I'm sorry. It's not weakness. (laughs) It's character. The ability to say I'm sorry is not a weakness. It's character. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Okay, so those are two areas. That, that I think that we need to keep focused. One is we need to, to speak our spouse's love language, right? Communication matters. If I want my spouse to know uh, that I love them, I need to speak their language. Can I tell you this too? Like I, I've learned this with the boys is, you know, I, I get to tell you guys how awesome my boys are. I love my boys. Um, and, and I get to tell you guys how much I love my boys. And I think one of the most dangerous things that I could do is to tell you guys how much I love it, love them and assume that they know. Right. What, here's what I'm saying that is they shouldn't know that I love them because I tell somebody else about it. They should know I love them because I tell them. And I think that needs to translate in marriage too. I mean, don't assume that, that your spouse knows you love them. Show them, tell them, tell them all the time because the truth is, is there may not be a day that you, or there may be a day that you don't get to. You know what I mean? The craziest thing, and I don't want this to take a negative turn, but we all live as if tomorrow's guaranteed. The truth is it's not. So tell them. Don't assume. Tell your kids you love them all the time. Tell your spouse you love them all the time. Speak their love language. Man, listen, the days are short. The Bible says that our life is but a vapor in the wind. Here today, gone tomorrow. Why would we waste it in our selfishness? What does it accomplish? You know what I mean? If our days are short, then let's let's do this together. If today's my last day, I want Alexis to know without a doubt that I love her with every bit of who I am. You know what I mean? And that could be very true. I could not wake up in the morning. Same is true for you. Moses says it this way. He says, teach us to number our days so that we can live them wisely. This is the kind of the analogy that I think of is imagine that your life is this big old jar of marbles. And at the end of every day that there's a marble being taken out. You know, if you could actually see that jar of marbles, I think many of us would live our life differently. (laughs) Because what would happen over time is you would see that that jar is getting emptier and emptier every day. Some jars may be a little bit more full than others, 
But if you knew, man, I got three days left, what would you do differently? Country writers make money off of that, off those songs. You know what I mean? <laughs> if today was my last day, I'd ride a bull and pick some hay. <laughs> Never singing country again. <laughs> Let's land this plane. <laughs> I, got, I got four things. There's four things, four things that we could take home we can do today, that we can start right now. Practices that we can put in place. The first one, real easy. It goes with our first point. Figure out your spouse's love language. Figure out your spouse's. Listen, I even made it easy for you. Here's the website. If you want to go into our apps, our notes on our app, it's, there's a link there. You can tap it and go take the quiz. If, you, if, if that's complicated, just type in love language quiz, quiz on Google. It'll get you there real quick. You mean? But learn your spouse's love language. Take, both of y'all go take the quiz this afternoon. And then you know, give the kids a loaf of bread and a movie. They'll be okay. And then go sit down with your spouse. You know what I mean? Like for real. Like maybe not the loaf of bread and a movie thing, but... You know, like, but like take the test and go sit down with your spouse and say, these, these are my results. This is my love language. Give each other the paper. Give each other, take a screenshot, send it to your text so that they all, send it to your spouse so that they always have it on each other. And then talk about stuff. Like, when's the last time you told your spouse, like, babe, I really feel loved when, when this happens? Well, I shouldn't have to. Why? Because you've been married for a super long time? Don't we forget things over time? Your spouse is just as human as you are. You mean sit down with your spouse? Babe, I, I really feel loved when you put, touch my shoulder and tell me I did a good job. I mean, make it easy for your spouse. You know what I mean? I really feel loved when you buy me workout stuff randomly without me having to hint or tell you. So first thing, figure out what your spouse's love language is. Take a date night. Go talk about it. Share with each other. Man, I, I feel loved when this happens. I feel loved when this happens. The second thing, this is huge. You have to make communication a safe spot. You have to make communication a safe space between you and your spouse. There's nothing that will destroy communication um, between your spouse like sharing something that they wanted you to keep confidential. You know what I mean? For, for a lot of guys, it's hard for us to share how we feel, our emotions, and maybe even our struggles. And if we share with you what we're struggling with, or even vice versa, a wife sharing with her husband what she's struggling with, wanting it to be confidential, and she hears from another source what she was struggling with, you've just destroyed the safety of your communication. You know I mean, communication has to be a safe space. Lex and I, there, we have a lot of stuff that we keep between just us. A lot of our struggles that we've gone through, a lot, a lot of our successes. And I, like I, it's easy for me to tell her because I trust her. 
I know that whatever it is that I'm struggling with, if I tell her, babe, I need, to, I need you to keep this between you and me and pray just because this is, this is tough in my, in my season of life. She's got me. That's what it means to keep it safe. And here's the thing is you got to fight to keep it safe. You got you to gotta work for it. How many of you understand marriage is work? Like you got to work at it. So you fight to keep it safe. The third thing, this is probably one of my favorite. If you're unsure, just ask. If you're unsure, just ask. What am I saying? Don't let a fence get in between you and your spouse. Can I, can I tell you why most people get offended? 99% of the time that people get offended is because they misunderstood something. And instead of asking about it, they just decided to get ticked off. Right? Same thing happens in our marriages. Our spouse will say something and we hear it wrong. And then one, this is kind of crazy because this is how it works. Once you hear it wrong, you create a narrative in your mind and then you repeat it until you believe it. This is what I heard you. This is how you said it. Any of y'all ever had those conversations? You know what I mean? If you're unsure, just ask. Say, hey, this is what I think I heard. Is this what you meant? If they say yes, well, then you can go from there, right? <laughs> but what happens if they say no? You just avoided a fight, right? First one, figure out your spouse's love language. Second one, keep, make uh, your communication a safe space. Third one, if you're unsure, just ask. Last one is this, you get what you sow. You get what you sow. Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 18 says this. Death and life, everybody knows this one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It's, it's interesting that this is next. A man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You will taste the words that you speak into your marriage. That's what that scripture means. That death and life are in the power of the tongue, and you will taste its fruit. What does that mean? Is if I talk bad about my marriage and then I talk bad about my spouse when they're not away and then I talk bad to, to my spouse, I shouldn't be surprised if my, my spouse talks bad back to me or about me or about our marriage. Why? Because that's what I've planted. You know what I mean? But if I speak life into my marriage and I speak life into my wife, and I speak life over my wife. I shouldn't be upset when I see life coming back. Why? Because that is also what I've planted. Right? That's, we, we talk about like death in life is in the power of the tongue. I think we often forget that. It says, and you will taste its fruit. Whatever you speak into your marriage will come back to you. So is it possible that you have a bitter taste because you've been speaking bitterness? into your relationship. Shoot, is it possible you don't taste anything because you haven't speaking you aren't speaking anything into your relationship? And remember, you get what you sow. You get what you sow. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stand up. Everybody get ready. We're gonna worship a ministry team if you guys will come forward. I'm always gonna encourage Especially in this series that we pray, pray with our spouses. But when you take a step back 
and you reflect on your relationship and where you are. If you're single, we'll, we'll have a different conversation. But for those that are married or those that are engaged or those that are dating, when you take a step back and you examine where you are, how's your communication? What is your communication? I mean, are some of the fights that we're having, are they unavoid, Are they avoidable? Because I just haven't told you what's going on. Is our, is our, our marriage in kind of a different spot because I haven't been speaking life over you or, 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 or speaking life over our whole relationship? Uh, I, does my spouse not know that I love them because I only know how to tell them how I feel loved? You know what I mean? Like, I think we should take this time of this first worship song and, and really pray with our spouse. And listen, I'm going to be real. Some, some, for some people, you may need to say I'm sorry today. It's okay. It, it's crazy how much influence a heartfelt I'm sorry, like how much impact it really has on somebody's heart. When you say it and you actually mean it. If you're single, what I would learn is what is, what is, what is your love language and how can I learn to speak selflessly to those around me as a practice now? But listen, communication matters. It matters. And if we'll do it well, man, I believe we can change directions of some of our relationships. I believe relationships can be unified. I believe our marriages can produce a crop. So dearly, Father God, we just thank you for today. God, I thank you that we can laugh and still grow with you. I thank you that we get this opportunity to come and serve you and sing about your goodness. God, and I'm asking for your goodness to overflow in every relationship today. God, I pray that you would, uh, that you, like that, 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 that everybody that's single in here would just have, would practice this communication thing with you. God would, would sit down with you and listen as you speak life and direction and, and guidance into our life, God. And then it, as our married couples, that we would learn to just speak life into our marriages, that we would learn to communicate when we're frustrated. But Lord, that we would spend more time instead of building a case against our spouse and learning about them. God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Hey, that's the message. I hope it encouraged you. I hope it inspired you. I hope that you know that God has a plan for your life. In fact, if you would like to join us as a part of our online campus and you would like to watch the video as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing week.